Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petralis, and we are really excited for today's guest uh, for multiple reasons. You guys know every once in a while, I kind of have somebody on here who's a little bit different than what we cover typically, uh, but ways that I think our, our topics and what we cover kind of connects in their world. And today uh, is someone who I know we're going to be collabing together. We're going to be talking about that today. Uh, but someone who has a lot of mutual friends and are big friends of Jim Market like we are. We do a lot of stuff with Jim's Market. I know you guys, you're a big fan of them. Um, but uh, someone who is just like a killer DJ, like on the music scene, if you go on his Instagram, he has a podcast. I mean, he talks all about music. I mean, uh, sometimes he records his sets or where he is and uh, he's outstanding man and so I think the world of music and the world of pop culture and sports is more blended together than ever so uh, I think that music has a huge connection to to sports and social media which is big result of you know how kids get noticed out there in clips and sometimes it's the right clip and the right music and or the right whatever soundbite that just like kind of mixes together to just like explodes on social media and put some kid on the map like instantly. So I think music connects everything, but I'm going to stop laughing. But our guest here today, <laughs> I'm super excited. Uh, so without further ado, DJ Cami V, Cam Viola. What's going on, guys? Beyond Podcast. What's up, Anthony? How we doing, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, I, I, sorry for like the super long intro there, but I could have just kept going. I was like, all right, we're going to Dude, what, a, what an amazing intro. No one's ever talked about me like that before. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we take a lot of pride here in our intros. I mean, it's important. It's like when you watch a movie trailer to a movie, like that's going to tell you whether you want to watch the movie or not. Like if you're listening to an intro, like I want people to stay on here and listen. So uh, 100%. You got to bring your A game right away in the podcast. So um, obviously we're on here to talk and, and you are in the DJ game. And like I mentioned earlier to me, music uh, has become more part of pop culture today, but even more so in sports and covering this topic and over the ne next last few years of growing on Instagram and, you know, my algorithm, it's just sports, 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 sports. So uh, yeah. Music, music, music. So, um, you know, that's what pops up with with us. And I think those worlds connect so well. But let's talk about you a little bit first. Uh, getting into DJing, obviously, you're killing it in the Boston music scene. I know that you travel elsewhere and you go to all different places, man. You are everywhere. But I know in Boston in particular, you are at some of the best spots around. So how'd you get into DJing, man, into the monster that you kind of are now? Yeah, well, first off, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been a crazy journey. I um I started DJing. I've over just about over actually ten years uh, this September. Believe it or not, I'm sure I just had my ten year anniversary. Uh, but I started when I was in college. You know, I'm sure like you had like a very strong interest in music, DJing. You know, just exploring the creativity of that. Um, and I'm sure even like from like a sports standpoint, so I, I, uh, played soccer pretty much my whole life, played a couple of years in college. And, you know, it was pretty funny that a lot of the sports teams asked me personally to, to make them playlists and stuff like that. So I started, uh, doing playlists, started mixing in my room, my dorm room. I remember my roommate walked in and he was like, Oh, is that you? I was like, yeah, man. He's like, dude, you're pretty good. I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, thanks. Appreciate it. And, uh, dude, just been, uh, growing ever since I started doing dorm room parties, um, uh, for a couple of years, uh, worked into like house parties, got into, uh, the bar and nightlife industry by the time I was a junior. And then like when I was a senior, I had multiple residencies, uh, in the Springfield area. Cause that's where I went to college. Um, I graduated Springfield in 2017. 
And then I came back to Boston. And then from there, you know, I just basically started from ground zero again. Um, just how to meet the right people, get my foot in the door, you know, got some opportunities to open um, in some smaller college bars. And, you know, that's really where you can practice and build your craft, right? Um, yeah. You can't just expect to go from, you know, thousand person room to, you know, <laughs> right off the bat. So just really uh, perfecting my sound and, you know, putting a lot of work in. And uh, again, just kept working my way up. I ended up I started opening, then I got my residencies, and then uh, I basically came into contact with another DJ who is very big in the club scene right now as well, and he gave me an opportunity to open at a club probably around like 2019, and uh, he heard me, and he was like, dude, like, you're way too good to be playing where you're playing. Like, it's time for you to, you know, come follow me and pull me in the club scene, and it's been uh, – ever it's been on the rise ever since so that's awesome man i mean that that's cool like for you i mean obviously a dj probably has to be like well sound in all different types of musics and you know when i listen to drake i feel like drake always kind of has like it's kind of like three beats that jump in before like he sings right like i kind of notice mm -hmm. that music i don't i don't know a lot of what that means or what that terminology is but <laughs> for you what type of music maybe did you fall in love with like what was the music you grew up listening to that was just like boom or were you wide range yeah so you know it's interesting i'm definitely a hip-hop guy at heart definitely a big hip-hop guy um but you know my parents grew uh grew up 80s 90s so Again, listen to their music, so love that. Um, you know, I do have a wide range of music, and I think part of that, too, is part of my job. I have to know that. You know, I love reggaeton. I love EDM. I love dancehall music. Um, even, like, some of the pop stuff I'm super familiar with and I enjoy, but definitely uh, at heart, uh, definitely a hip-hop guy. Where is a spot in Boston that you love playing? Like, obviously... Um, you play a lot of different places, but where's one spot that you know you just like crowds and be bumping, like you know you're gonna get everyone going. Yeah, for sure. So uh I do a lot of the Pasha venues, which is uh, right downtown in the theater district. And uh one of the biggest clubs I play for is at uh Icon. Um it's on Warrington Street, right next to the W Hotel. And that's like it's an open format room, but like definitely like my sets there are more hip hop based. So for me, it's like I get to really play what not I know I'm going to get the crowd going, obviously, but like I really get to play like what I love to play. Yeah. So so like and that's and that's awesome because like, you know, you came in maybe understanding one different type of music and then all of a sudden you kind of grown in it. And now you're understanding how to put different sounds of music together and, and mm -hmm. maybe creating a sound that's just different or what's getting you noticed like you did in 2019, for example. Right. Like for you now. When you're putting like when you're putting sets together, like what go what's going through your mind as far as like different types of music that you mix? So like how do you go about saying, hey, this hip hop and maybe this country might mm. work well? Dude, that's an amazing question, you know. And I I talk to a lot of like younger guys now. Obviously, I've been in the game for like ten years, so. The advice I give to, to the younger guys coming up is, you know, you want to create moments throughout the night. And that's a big thing. It's not about mixing song A to song B the same way vanilla. Like, I want to elicit emotions from the crowd. I want to get that aha moment like, oh, wow, I, I wouldn't have pictured that. So, you know, throughout my sets, I'm definitely a high energy guy. But um, I almost like 
I steer, I steer you in one direction. Um, and then like, I take a hard left, but I, but you have to have it make sense, right? You can't just be yeah. playing like it. There's, there's certain ways where you can make the music make sense together, whether it's like a word play, you know, the, the song says like the same words in both of it and that's your bridge over. Or if it's like, you know, th there's a million ways to go about it. And um, I think for me, um, what's really elevated my career is the fact that like, I'm looking to create moments throughout the nights and that's how I build my sets. Like, oh man, this, this would be an absolute moment in the club that people won't forget. And that's, that's how I do it. Now for you, I mean, so I, I hear you say that, right? Like, you know, you, you're about like kind of creating the moment, creating the experience and and mm -hmm. that's awesome. And this is why I think our worlds are so parallel because people just think of DJs. They think you show up, you put your equipment on music's all set and that's it. And like, mm -hmm. it's not even remotely the case. Like we cover coaches, we cover athletes and we talk a lot on this podcast about the things that you do when no one's watching or no one's seeing it or no one's understanding. Like for you, just talk a little bit about like you got a show say coming up Saturday. I'm just hypothetical in here. Like today's Sunday. What what work are you putting in throughout the week to be ready for that show on Saturday? Like what are some things that you're doing that people just are not aware that you have to probably consistently do all the time? Yeah, you know, it's funny. DJing is a full-time job. Um, it is for me. I I, I DJ full-time now. Um, and you know, throughout the week, I'm keeping my ear to the streets. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because you kind of alluded it earlier on in your intro. Um, the accessibility to music, I feel like, has definitely changed uh, a lot within the last few years, even, right? Like with short form content, social media, streaming. So artists are pumping out more music now, right? And it's like shorter clips. So now I have to familiarize myself with those clips that you're constant people are constantly looking at on their phone. There's certain, like everyone knows, like if you're on Instagram right now, there's about a million different sounds uh, that people kind of recycle. So it's like, so a lot of times I'll, I'll go through Instagram um, and I'll listen for some of those sounds be like, Oh, how can I incorporate this into my set and have it be really cool. Um, also listen to a lot of mixes, uh, staying up to date with my music. Um, don't listen so much to the radio unless it's my friends are playing these days, but that's definitely another option. Um, so so basically I'm going through and picking out like things uh, to implement during my sets. Uh, and then I have to go and download the music and then I have to go and organize the music um, on my software that I have. I use Serato. Um, and then once I organize it and I, I cue point everything, then I'm like, okay, it's, it's now I can use it in a set. And you know, it, it's interesting. Like I feel like as far as like DJing, the DJing industry is very similar to like comedians, right? So like, I'll go out and I'll test some, like I'll be doing something on my computer at home be like, oh, this is gonna go crazy in the club. And like, I test it out, I'm like, oh, didn't get the reaction that I thought I was gonna get. So I so I scrapped that, like, okay, rearrange the pieces, try it out again. You know, it's like comedians when they do shows, they're how trying to see what gets those reactions. For you? Like, how is that mentally for you? Like you, you anticipate a pop, you don't quite get the pop that you think you're gonna get. Like, does that mess with you mentally a little bit at all? Like. Nah, not really you know it's it's one of those things too it's like sometimes it could just be the crowd <laughs> yeah, right, you know so right. so it's like i'll hey i'll try it again and you know maybe it's a presentation you know i i say this a lot too sometimes it's not the music sometimes it's how you play it um i could play a song there's again there's a million different ways you can play a certain song and sometimes the way that you bring in a record really is what's going to get that reaction 
And again, I made, I made a career out of it, you know? So it's, it's all about tri- trial and error, trial and error. You got to sit down and, and really pay attention. You got to read the room, see how people are feeding off of what you're playing and how you're playing it. When's there, when was there a moment that you knew you nailed something like you, and it might not be necessarily the best set you've ever done. And you could most certainly use that as this answer. Mm-hmm. When was there a time that you you nailed the set maybe at a moment or a certain moment that you maybe needed to nail it or you wanted to nail it or maybe just what your best set was that you just like, yeah, I'm the real deal. Like, I, I, I know I can do this. That's a great question. Um, I, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with this. I think the, the point where like the, I, I made it moment, I think um, once I got my first headlining set at a club, um, and you know, the people in charge were trusting in me to like headline that night and just seeing crowd reactions be like, I, it took me like, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years to, to get to that point. Um, so yeah, seven years to get to that point and, you know, to see seven years of work pay off to seeing people like jumping up and down and losing their mind bars, making money. The promoter comes up to me at the end of the night. was like, this is one of the best nights we've had, you know? So I think that's definitely uh, one of the moments where I realized like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely like one of the guys out here that's really putting in work and made it. Yeah, man. And you can see that like I, and you talked a little bit about it and you said it and we'll jump into it in a second. Like I see your social media, like, you know, and I pay attention to your stuff and the music that you put out or where you're going to be. I think you do a great job of kind of always letting people know where you are. And obviously you have a following that's interested in knowing that and mm-hmm. you're pretty consistent with your work and what you do in this area, or even you travel a little bit, uh, yep. which, which is great to see social media. I mean, how much has social media just become like just Instagram alone become this like, tool for you that you get to promote who you are and what you do and it's helped you maybe grow quicker than you've ever realized yeah you know i um i put in a lot of work especially over covid uh into the social media game um i feel like the nightlife industry is one of the most resilient industries uh in the world you know obviously like we were the last industry to open back up right um and so it's like okay how can i what can i be doing with this time and I feel like my time was really spent on creating content on social media, uh, doing routines, making mixes, um, you know, and just keeping the content out of there. So I'm staying relevant while also like growing my following because I'm like, hey, if I if I'm fresh in the mind of people that are booking me for these venues, like, you know, and they constantly see that I'm still I'm still putting in work, you know, I'm going to be one of the first people they call. And guess what? Like we did live stream, we did live streaming sets over COVID and we're having like 500,000 people like pop in there to watch us, you know, DJ. So it's like, oh, wow. He actually has like a following that, you know, is really interested in what he's doing. They're going to come and support him once we open back up. So I feel like that's part of it. Um, the other part too, we're definitely in like a, a, a content driven society right now. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like, there's a lot of dudes that, probably spend too much time um, on their social media and their image uh, rather than actually practicing the craft. So it's like, it's, it's definitely a super, super powerful tool uh, if you do it correctly. But at the end of the day, like you can't fake the funk, you know, there's like, there's a lot of guys that like have, you know, like, I don't know, 50,000 followers on Instagram, but then it's like, you know, it's like, Oh, promoter sees like 50,000 people, you know, that's his reach. He's going to bring in more people. 
and then he goes and they book him. He does a night and he bombs, right. you know? So it's, so it's about, you gotta, it's, it's a balancing act, right? You gotta be able to showcase your skills to the best of your abilities uh, and, uh, you know, build that following with the social media. Yeah. Obviously like, even for me, I feel like I've had to learn so much more about social media and what I put out there because we, we have shifted gears for ourselves where we were very early on coach driven um, type podcast. We've since kind of really opened up with the videography stuff, but really having a lot of high school and college athletes on here, which is kind of really our following alone and being able to post things or post things for kids to have kids send us some of their clips is just real cool. When now yeah. it's happening at random. So for you, it's the same thing. I mean, is it cool that you have, I mean, I'm sure when you go to like a nightclub or you go wherever, like you see some of the same faces that are like kind of your people, like it's cool. I yeah. mean, it's gotta be cool. I mean, it's gotta be kind of cool, right? Dude. It's, it's awesome, man. And you know, I always love when people reach out to me be like, Hey, you know, I'm pulling up uh, to Boston tonight. Like, where are you going to be at? You know, anybody that reaches out to me and wants to come see me and spend their money to come see me, like I'm super, super appreciative of. And I'll do anything I can be like, hey, free cover, get to skip the line. Sure. You know what I mean? I'll I'll buy you around at the bar. Like it, it does mean the world to me that, you know, people want to come out and see me and support. Yeah. I mean, that's real cool, you know, and you should put that on your social media more. People like reach out to you and say that stuff to you. Like, be like, yeah, hey, I use this for my Instagram because I think that that's like in you in your industry, like in, like in this, like it's really hard. It's really hard when you have a lot of people that. Uh, do what you do and you have to become distinct in a way with your sound or your yeah you know, how, how you put yourself out there and obviously like anything else just get lucky sometimes too and just hit with the right thing or or whatever uh so i understand the grind and hustle that goes into the work that you do obviously like we mentioned that no one sees that like mm-hmm. no one notices that uh, that you do. Uh, and, you know, you're, you, we know that we have kind of like mutual uh, friends in Jim's market, you know, uh, as well as obviously talking about following each other. And there's like that Mefra connection. Uh, yep. to me, there's also the Jim's market connection. You know, I noticed you guys follow each other. And I think even on your Instagram profile, it says that you're sponsored by Jim's market. So. Sponsored by Jim's market. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Jim's baby. Shout out my boy, Justin. Um, yeah. So actually very funny. So, my mom will be the first person to tell you this. Justin was uh, my very first friend. I've known Justin since we went to uh, preschool together yeah. um, and just been like really, really close ever since. I actually worked at uh, gyms for a couple years. Got a sub named after me. Get the Cami VYA there. Yeah. Low key fire. It's the, uh, the chicken finger sub with um, it's the uh, uh, the sweet sauce. Uh, the Yeah, the Chinese sauce and the um, uh, it's like a spicy sauce. So it's a mix. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Awesome. I mean, we're on the menu too with the beyond. It's the yeah. uh, bacon beyond, beyond bacon and ranch or whatever, or bacon branch, bacon branch and beyond. So uh, <laughs> it's cool to be on their menu. Yeah, I mean, I think he does a great job there, and obviously the renovation, uh, yeah, just made it like just kind of connect to me like decades and generations of people that have kind of gone through there um, 100%. with all sorts of stuff. So you know, I'm so, I'm so proud of him, man. He, he really did put in a lot of work and, you know, speaking of like social media, like he, he really turned gyms into like a lifestyle brand, you know, like yeah. the, the, he, he definitely has his own followers that like, he's definitely grown the culture of gyms like online. So I'd love to see that for him. Super happy. 
Yeah, I mean, for you guys, it must be cool being buddies and both in a way kind of being like independent entrepreneurs and in your field and in your sense of like growing a business and kind of growing a brand like you guys both are are doing that in a sense for yourself. Um, What do you kind of have going on like, you know, over the next month? I mean, fall, obviously, there's all sorts of stuff like Halloween's around the corner. I'm sure you're always doing something crazy for that. But what do you got coming up maybe over the next few months for you as fall kicks in uh, that that you be or where you be or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, right now I have uh, multiple residencies, like I alluded to earlier, Icon, Venue, Hava, uh, Bodega Canal, which I'm at once a month, uh, which is over by the garden, one of my favorite places in Boston. Um, And then also Game On. So I'm the booking director at Game On. So I I hire all like the DJ talent there and create the schedule. So I'm there like a few times a month. I put myself on, you know. Um, So I have that. And also, as you know, fall big wedding season right so i uh i work for meritage entertainment for weddings so like i said hey if anyone you know is getting married definitely give me a call reach out to me um and you know i i would love to dj for them so been with the company uh five years now um and we're actually opening up a branch in philly so if anyone's got any philly connections definitely reach out as well um so just doing a lot of work back end work with them um yeah man so just keeping busy you know me i'm <laughs> every weekend's like someplace different so it's it's tough to uh keep track of it all but thank god i got a calendar <laughs> yeah i mean for you i think that's like i mentioned you do such a great job of like being like okay this is where i'm going to be and obviously you add in wedding season and people don't realize that there are so many different like branches off of what you do as far as the type of DJ that you can be whether it's in the club mm. scene or the bar scene or covering you know what you know what you're covering and 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 i think that that's so important because you know what we do sports is all different types of sports and how it's played and how it's looked at and how it's covered the same exact way um for you obviously you got a a busy fall coming up with wedding season and being at different bars for you but for you um you also got a podcast so like on top of kind of doing all of what you're doing you're also podcast that's like 70 something episodes in i think we've saying five six seven eight somewhere around that window um and that's impressive you because i know how hard it is like (laughs) some weeks i do two some weeks i do one some months i kind of kick in the full gear do five or six of them it just kind of depends what you have going on so for you obviously busy schedule for you uh with weddings like like we said different venues that you're going to be at and then on top of that you got all that right so yeah uh, yes talk about talk about that for you so yeah so uh i'm part of the uh but i know the dj podcast shout Mm -hmm. out to my boys snacks and fingers my two co-hosts also two very very big djs in boston um you know it's funny this is uh you know circling back to like over covid this was something i pitched to uh snacks and dope entertainment shout out dope entertainment who i do the podcast with uh, I, you know, they, they were in the process of doing like a bunch of different like lifestyle podcasts and stuff like that. And I was like, Hey, you know, I feel like it'd be a really cool idea to do something that shines a night, uh, shines a light on nightlife. Um, and you know, and you know, t- get, maybe get some artists on, get some other DJs and they're like, wow, that's, yeah, that's actually a great idea. So mm-hmm. something we, uh, put together, we're on episode 75 now, and we've actually had some like pretty wild interviews. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we, we've had, uh, we've had Neo on, we've had, we've had Antonio Brown on, um, yeah, man, (laughs) 
if you haven't, check us out. Uh, we're, we're on YouTube. Definitely check us out on YouTube. It's uh, at Dope Entertainment, and it's But I Know the DJ. We're on Spotify, But I Know the DJ. But that episode was pretty wild. Uh, we've had Knowledge, 2K5. We had Mosa, who's one of, like, Drake's artists. Um, so we've had uh, had some, like, pretty pretty legitimate guests on, which is cool. I mean, so for you, that must be cool, like, dual branding in a sense, because anybody you have come on – like yeah. I love when I start talking to a coach who has success or has clout or people know who they are and we're just flowing in conversation. They're like, I feel the vibe of like, okay, they know that I know my stuff. So they're going to have like a legit conversation that we both understand what we're saying for you. You must feel that way at times or you must want like to feel that way. Like, do you feel like when you have a Neo on or like Antonio Brown on, like when you're talking to these people, do you feel like I belong here? Like you're 70 something episodes in, like, do you have that confidence of like, yeah, I could see myself really talking to anybody. You know, at the end of the day, these people, yeah, they're celebrities, but they're, they're normal people, you know, and just to have, I, I think Neo arguably was like one of the nicest people legitimately I've ever met. Um, and he was just super, super easy to talk to, you know, some of the other guys, like it's harder to pull answers out of. And, you know, it's like, who the hell are these guys? There's three Boston DJs. Um, but you know, it's at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, like we're kind of in the same circle, you know, it's, and we, we touched on it before, like that athlete music circle is all, it's all interconnected somehow. There's definitely a, a bridge between like those people and myself, but ultimately you just got to boil it down. There's normal people and they, they live their lives. They put, they put their pants on one leg at a time, you know? So that's how you got to look at it. That's cool, too. And for you, it must be great because that's you getting your name out there, I'm sure, to these guys, too, like that you're able to share something that you've put together or a place that you've played and then to see video of that. Has that helped you in that aspect of, of your career as far as maybe someone making a call? Like I said, sometimes you just get lucky, right? Like, has right. It been that moment for you? Yeah, uh, not not to like a crazy, crazy extent yet. But you know, I've done I've actually done like a, a handful of like celebrity shows, whether it's like club appearances at, uh, you know, at Icon or like Game On, for example, like I've done shows with Sean Paul, we that night, we did the Neo podcast, um, I helped DJ his album release party. So his official album release party, uh, Sammy Adams, I've done shows yeah. with uh, Rich the Kid and uh, Sean Kingston. So yeah. I, yeah, just being on the same stage as these guys is is pretty cool, and obviously like heightens my platform a little bit. You know, it's and um, you know, what what means the most to me is ultimately like the people that book these events trust me enough to have me. It's a high stakes event. Like, let's be serious. You know, there's thousands of people that are paying like a lot of money to come see these guys. So uh, yeah, just ha earning the trust of uh, the people that book me for that event really means the world to me. And it's so cool. And to hear some of those names, I mean, Sammy has a big name around here. And then like, obviously Sean Kingston, there is no, <laughs> there is no opener in any music or any song out there that never gets old is, is the Sean Kingston of your way to be beautiful. <laughs> My voice is terrible girl. Right. But Nailed like, it. Sing it, baby. Sing it. Dude, like <laughs> that opener is like when hearing that I'm always that song. I'm like, that's a song like when a certain TV show or movies on TV and you put it on, you're like, oh, and you end up watching the whole thing because you love the yeah. movie. That song, like I will listen to that song until the very end and have the same reaction to it all the time. 
It's crazy. It's a it, timeless music, man. He, he's got he's got timeless hits, and his catalog is actually hilarious. Like I'm like, oh man, I forgot about this one. Forgot about that one. I mean, and that must be cool for you when you for I mean, Sean Kingston. That's a pretty not to put not saying that the other names are, but Sean Kingston obviously is played with a lot of different artists, including Justin yeah. Bieber and you know whatever. But like that, I mean, how cool of a moment that is when you're playing with someone like that that you would just like, all right, like I I can hang with people in this industry, like I I can do yeah this. yeah you know that's uh, the Sean Kingston show specifically was probably the biggest show i've done like as far as like numbers wise i think they did about like 2k in tickets it was at uh royale in boston so you know it, it was my first time in like that room period like to to play in that room so obviously a little bit daunting but you know i it's it's funny it, it's it's very it's a cool feeling um people ask me like do you get nervous before you go on i i don't get nervous i get uh i get excited i get i get anxious isn't the right word but like heart rate's going up but for the right reason because as soon as i get behind there on the decks man like it just second nature for me I, it just kicks on so the anticipation i guess is like you know like all right i got i gotta get locked in here and as soon as i step up there i'm, I'm good to go you know how long is it set for you uh it depends where um i'd say majority if i'm doing like a full set it's usually four hours um if i'm doing like a headline set somewhere between uh two to three hours so four hours. So when you practice something like that throughout the week to make sure that everything works, how are you practicing that? Because obviously it's not just like four hours on Tuesday, four hours on Wednesday. I mean, how are you kind of making sure that all that you have from beginning to end is is tight and locked in? Like in you So, can... yeah, exactly. So great question. I probably should have elaborated on this a little bit earlier. But so basically everything that I do is live during my sets. Um like I said, like I'll, I'll do like, I'll have like transitions that I think of that I want to like put in throughout the night, but it's every, everything I do is live and spontaneous. I'm reading the room at all times. It's not like I have like songs one through like 200, like in order, this is what I'm going to go in and do. Everything I do is like in real time, like, Oh, like this, you know, I'm going to go from like this to this or like, Hey, like I got a pop from this genre earlier. Let me circle back and like hit more records there. All right, hit uh, me on this. I, this is awesome. Okay, so give me an example here. So right now we're, we're dancing to some Drake song. Pick a Drake song that that you're playing right now. Okay, so it was like uh, Sicko Mode. Okay, so we're, people dance in Sicko Mode. You see the people like really into it, not necessarily playing another Drake song, but what song are you thinking about circling back to by playing something like that that you're mentioning same genre, that you're like, all right, I'm going to circle back because people are rocking to this. Yeah, so if it's like if it's one of those rooms that like big big because Sicko Mode probably one of the biggest hip hop records in the last like twenty years, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like big room hip hop records. I'll probably do like Mo Bomb or something like that. I have like a really creative transition. It's like when I shoot my shot, that wetty like I'm Shaq. So I like loop that going to Mo Bamba. So it's like same vibe. You get what I'm saying? Like it's dude. I'll do yeah, that. I love that. I love like, that. Oh, how quick you thought of that too, right? Like that's not a question. Like sometimes I get nervous to ask a guest a question on the spot because like, uh, uh, and I feel bad as like, you know, I just get excited. I ask a question to ask you that. And for you to already be like, Oh no, like boom. Like to me, that's really cool. Like to do that spontaneous. I'm sure not a lot of people have confidence going into an event, a four hour set, whatever that is to walk in there and being like, I'm just going to fill the room and I'm going to put this type of music on. And um, 
that takes a lot of guts. Is that something you realized when you were when you were DJing? Like at some points, because is that maybe you did prep so much and then you're like, you know what? Like this is just I gotta be more me, or is that something you've just been and kind of been your your signature? Um that's a tough question. I think I think that's just been me for you know from the very beginning. Um I do take pride in myself. I think one of my biggest attributes as a DJ is the ability to read a room. Um, and I think part of it too comes down to like, because I care so much about like how the nights go. Um, and I want to like give the best representation of myself to that crowd. I'm constantly putting in hours of work, like for technical skills and like developing my musical bag and my musical knowledge. Like you could throw me in any room and I could confidently say like, I could rock it a full, like it could be like a full Latin night. No problem. I could easily do like a four hour Latin night. No problem. You know, so it takes a long time, a lot of trial and error, like you're, you're doing smaller gigs to lead up to the next big thing. And I think, you know, my years of experience have definitely contributed to that. Now, let me ask you a question, because I have this debate with so many people. We were driving home from a wedding just today. And we were talking about the music at it. OK, and my buddy and I were having this debate. And to me, I think a wedding is always remembered by two major things. One, OK. Food. Yep. Because everyone's like, remember the remember the chicken at that wedding or remember whatever <laughs> at that wedding, right? And the other's music. Like Yeah, absolutely. If people are on the dance floor dancing all night long, that means the DJ is doing their job. Period. Million percent. Like, million percent. Like keeping people on the floor. And I think there's a difference between getting people on the floor versus keeping people on the floor and people not hearing a song going, uh, and, and I'm sure you've done it, right? Like, I mean, it happens like in teaching. I know I've made zillion mistakes right but like but for the most part like reading that's a gift that's like you you got to be pretty good at that um how do you how do you do that like how do you do you do that for a wedding too are you on the spot for a wedding too yeah yeah all the time and it's like it's one of those things too like i've been doing this for a while so i know it's gonna work right um and uh, so I have, so I'll, I'll say this as well. So we do have like consultation phone call, like a right. week before the wedding and just making sure like I'm ironing out all the details and I really try to personalize it best for the couple. Be like, you know, I want it to be a represent like representation of them ultimately. Right. Like guys, like what, you know, what is your musical vibe? Like, what are you guys going for? And, you know, sometimes like majority of people like are pretty much into the same thing and they can steer me like in one direction a little bit more. And I'm just like, yep. Absolutely. Like I, I'm very confident going in any direction, like I said. Um, and then sometimes it's like, you know, if they're like into like a super, super like niche genre, it's like, guys, like, I'm sure both of you are super enthusiastic about this, like crazy heavy metal genre, but how confident are you that, you know, your, your aunt or your grandmother or your uncle are going to be just as enthusiastic about it as you. Right. Oh yeah. No, I didn't think about it that way. So it's like, hey, you know, if you guys work with me and let me do, you know, if you guys trust me to do my job to like, you know, navigate those waters and keep everyone out there while I'm still hitting your songs along the way, I promise you're going to get a great result. So all of that to say, yes, I do it live. Yes, I know it's going to work. I've been doing this for a while. So, you know, I'm pretty confident that no matter what the situation is, I'm going to get people out there and pack on the dance floor the whole time. You have ice in your veins, dude. So you are just like loaded like you are, you are <laughs> what you do. How much does it bother you? 
because this is what I was debating with my buddy going back to it. Sorry, I, mm. I sometimes no, no, I like it. Talk. I said to him, nothing must annoy a DJ more when someone goes, "This is these are the songs you're gonna play at our wedding." Are you just like, are you kidding me? Like, can you just get someone to hit play and just make a list? The, and do that. The the worst is when like. I'm DJing and you just get like a phone up like this, you know? So it's like, <laughs> like song request. I'm like, Oh man, like, come on. Like, and nine times out of 10, like I'm probably going to get to that song anyways. You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to trust me. Like I trust you guys, you guys are paying me like, you know, money, obviously like you guys trust me to a certain extent. Like, please, I promise you, like, if you let me do my job, I'm going to get like the best results possible for you. So that, it's not um, so much more the it's not it's not it's not so much more the wedding scene that that happens in, but like the nightlife scene. It's like guys, like relax. I'm gonna get there. I promise. You know, yeah. the wedding scene. It's like I do. I do like to. I'll be honest. I do love like to to meet these individual couples and like try to meet them where they're at to create that musical environment that they're looking for. Because I think that is super important. You know, you don't want it to be like I want couples to leave their wedding saying like. I really feel like the DJ understood us as a couple. I feel like that's, that's very lost today. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that go to weddings and play the same set front to back every single time. And I really take pride in putting time aside to really understand like what their vibe is, what they're going for and make it as personal as possible. I mean, I, that's so interesting because yeah, I mean, it is an art for you. And I guess like going through that process myself, thinking about when I got married, like, I guess I didn't look at it like that. But how do you handle? I mean, obviously, you're a really good DJ. Like you, you know, you play in big spots in town. You've played with big artists. You've, you've collaborated with big artists. I mean, you go to someone's wedding. When someone gives you a song request that you know is just brutal, like you hear the song request and you know. <clears throat> There's no chance I'm playing the song. How do you handle that? Because that is a legit issue. I'm sure you have. And how do you deal with something like that? Yeah. You know, I, um, I'll say this. So like weddings are super, super humbling. And anytime I step to a wedding, egos at the door the whole time. It's not about me. It's about the couples. Right. Um, and you know, I feel like my job is to, again, highlight, you know, it's there. It's the biggest day arguably of like people's lives. So it has nothing to do with me. It's more of keeping the focus on the couple. And that's what I strive to do. Um, when it comes to song requests that don't match the vibe or like don't, and I'm like, yeah, there's no way I can get to, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation you have to have, you know, with these people. And it's like, Hey, you know, like I can see if I can try to mix it in. And sometimes, you know, I try to educate them on it. Like guys, like, you know, that's, that, that could be tough. Like, everyone's up and dancing now jumping up and down we have about a half hour left i'm going to try to see if i can get to it but i can't make any promises usually that that you know conversation will be like oh okay yeah no worries if they're reasonable people but you know sometimes like people had a couple drinks and they keep coming up and asking for the song you going to put like, it on yet you going to put it on yeah, yet <laughs> yeah 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 so you know it's like it's like yeah you know it's coming it's coming you know <laughs> don't yeah. worry it's coming and it's like, oh, hey, man, sorry, I didn't get to it. At the end of that. You know, it's it's tough, man. I don't want to create any issues, more headaches for, you know, couples during their biggest day. So it's like I try to handle everything as best I can. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that is, you know, legitimate. I think that that is in the, in the line of dealing with people and dealing with mm. public, you know, dealing with – 
you know, people pay you for a service and right. you know, they might have an expectation versus what your expectation is or what you know. And that cannot be easy to deal with either of, of that aspect of your business as well. So, um, yeah, I always find that stuff funny because I see so many people go like, dude, I'm going to go request a song, bro. And you're like, no, what? Like, no yeah. one's going to be on the dance floor if that song comes on. I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, go in your car and listen to it. People that love it, dude. You know, like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. My favorite is like, I'm telling you, everybody's gonna love this song. (laughs) And it's like, all right, yeah, sure, no problem. I play it, and there's like kills the dance floor. You know what I mean? So it's like at this point, I'm like, I know it's gonna work. I know it's not gonna work. Like, don't (laughs) don't act like you know more than I do at this point. So my at my wedding, my older brother um he's like huge into like huge techno like edm guy big time cool. so he wants to put this song on that has no lyrics or anything and i was like dude i get it like but no one's gonna come on the dance for this song please don't request it blah, 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 blah. he must ask dj like, 22 times to put the song on and DJ's, like, <laughs> looking at me and i go just put it on just put it on and I go with my brother, like, well, if the dance floor clears, song's coming off. And he's like, okay. okay. And he goes out there and he's like dancing and like, you know, doesn't see the room. He just sees his feet on the dance floor. Of course. Turn around, dude. There's nobody on the dance floor besides him. No one. Like, yeah. No yeah. One. Like, I see, like, kind of <laughs> glaring at me. And I'm just like, go to the DJ, go, next song go. it's over yeah go. get go. out of this yeah. oh man i'll tell you one thing you know when the when the day comes that uh i get married yeah. in the invitation it's gonna say no song request <laughs> don't, even, <laughs> don't even think about it if you if i see you asking the dj for a song at my wedding i'm kicking you out of my wedding <laughs> you would you spin at your own wedding would you have to go no. on and maybe do no nothing no abs- absolutely not nope nope not at all i no. uh <laughs> i'm off the clock that day I like that. I like that a lot. You know, I, I respect that. I think that you, yeah, you just kind of say, Hey, today's my day and I'm not going to let it be about me, you know, going on there. Yeah. There. Yeah. It's, a, it, it's an important thing. You know, it, it is, it is definitely important and uh, you know, putting in perspective, you know, it's, it's a, it's a day you definitely want to share with your partner. <laughs> and yeah. you know, my partner, uh, she's definitely sacrificed a lot, you know, for, you know, I'm always, I'm out on late nights. I'm out like five, six nights a week. You know, the, the least I could do is be a million percent present on our wedding day. So, yeah, absolutely, dude. That sounds nice. That sounds good. Hear that. Hear that. Hear that. There you go. Yeah, listen up, boys. Take some notes. <laughs> Take some notes, boys. I'm giving you the keys to Ferrari uh, right now. It is so important. It's so important. Um, so, you know, obviously you, you, you found a lot of success in what you're doing and, um, and obviously like I'm, I'm much older than you, dude. Right. But like, you as time goes on music changes and art, different artists come out and different types of music become more popular like i hear some songs now and i'm like who's that what yeah. you know and yeah. kids are singing it i mean for you you probably have to say extremely relevant in music that comes out like coaches educate themselves in the off season to get better at what they're doing athletes physically perform whether it's in the weight room or play other sports to get physically and athletically better what does a dj do as far as educating themselves and maybe getting better at their craft during different maybe like slow seasons you know yeah no i mean a lot of that too comes down to just staying up on the music 
you know, listen to different playlists. I, I follow a bunch of the newer artists. You know, it's interesting because it's like, it's not necessarily like some of the new hip hop is like, you know, pretty egregious. <laughs> to, to right. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, what, what, the, what are we talking about right now? You know? So, and again, like I, I'm definitely a big hip hop guy. It's definitely gone in like a, in a, in a weird direction. Hip hop's in a weird place right now, but you know, it doesn't mean that there's a room full of people that doesn't want to hear those types of songs. So, you know, staying up, up to date on it. And, um, you know, it's interesting too. So I'm also a, a resident DJ for Slacker University, which is a 18 plus party. Um, and and it, we're based in Boston, but that's most of my travel gigs. Like I've traveled to West Virginia. I've traveled to, I went to Texas A&M uh, last month. So a lot of my travel gigs are- plus, holy 18. moly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. As as you can imagine. So it's like a lot of a lot of this new music, like you're alluding to, like, that's them like that that music is literally for them and there i'll say this i'm sure as you know being a teacher right attention spans could not be lower than it is oh, today and yeah. i attribute that a lot to you know like social media short form content like just all that definitely has to play into it so me as a dj it's like okay i not only need to be up on the newest stuff possible because that's again that's where the music industry is now it's just pumping out like people could go make a song in 20 minutes and have it up on the internet so it's like you got to stay up to date on the music but also move through it super quickly because more often than not if it's like a verse and a chorus or even just a chorus people are already over the song and to be honest too now that i'm thinking of now i'm saying this out loud could be the only part of the song that they know because they only know the song from social media like tiktok right so it's like Oh yeah, I only know the chorus. So you need to know your music, even your new music, so well to the point that you know you need to know how to play it and what parts to play. So it, there's a lot. I know I just threw a lot at you, but there it's, really is, is a lot, a lot in, uh, that goes into it. You know, and I think that's it. Like that's kind of why I asked the question because I'm sure for you, like when people think of coaching, like for me, when football season was over, it's like yeah, but then conference, like. Conferences start in January and then right, you know, after February vacation, it's really pushing the weight room. And then the spring, it's getting a lot of kids to do track. And sometimes when I was younger, like coaching track just to make sure that the football kids were showing up to the weight room or mm. playing and doing the workouts and everything else. Like so there's a lot to it. And then the summer, obviously seven on seven, and you're an athlete, you were an athlete yourself. You know that you're playing in all different sorts of leagues or you know, AU this or whatever it is for soccer. Like I'm not familiar with every sport, but like as yeah. far as that goes, but you're playing a lot of travel constantly. Uh, so, you know, you, you understand that you understand the hustle that goes into it. So for your industry, it's the same thing, dude, you're chasing shows all over the place. I'm sure when you get your first call to do whatever you're like, all right, let's go. Like, you don't care what time it is, where it is, where the location could be in the worst area ever. Right. You're like, I don't care because you're like, ready to rock and roll yeah you get you got to always be uh mentally prepared you know I, I look at my gigs as if they're like actual games you know i think and i alluded to it earlier i think you know my 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 sports career almost like helped me um it, with my dj and it, it, you know i have that competitive drive to always like get better like what can i i, I i'm my own worst critic you know i think um and you know it's a it's a it's a gift and a curse but it, it is i think ultimately it really is a good thing because if you have like good self-awareness, whether it's for like a sport or a job, like a full-time job, whatever you're doing, 
uh, to have good self-awareness on and always being like, what, what can I improve on? It really drives out the best in you. What's something that you would say over the last few years and, and, and obviously we all have weaknesses, so I'm not saying, mm-hmm. this, like, but what's maybe something that was weaker in your game or in your arsenal tool weapons that you feel like you've gotten just so much better at over the last couple of years that you maybe didn't realize you could even do that. Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is interesting. I think especially the last like three years, I think COVID onward, right. The biggest thing for me, like I'm, I'm very, very gifted technically. And I have no issue saying that. Like I think scratching, like very, very technically gifted. I think my music knowledge is there. I think the biggest thing for me was having the confidence with emceeing and rocking the mic. I think there's a lot and, you know, depending on what type of like avenue of DJing you go into, there's more emceeing than others, but being like a predominant, like hip hop open format DJ, emceeing is huge. So I think part of it was, I didn't really have those reps in those smaller rooms at commanding the room with like the mic and everything. So it was like, part of it was like getting used to being on that big stage and, you know, learning uh, how to one, how to project my voice mm. to what, what to say, when to say it. Um, so it's, it's, it took a while. Um, and again, that's something I'm, I'm still continuing to try to get better at. Mm. I think it's, it's surprising enough, like weddings definitely helps because you need to be super clear and right. deliberate of how you're delivering information to people. Because other, other than that, people would just be wandering around like, what did he say? You yeah, know, so know. Man. <laughs> exactly. So, so I think, I think weddings has definitely helped. Not that I'm saying the same things that I'm saying in the club at a wedding, but you, you, you get my drift there. But um, I think that's helped. And, you know, I think going and seeing other DJs, you know, what elements they can add, um, you know, with their MCing and stuff like that. How can I like, I'm not going to, you know, copy what they're saying or something like that, but like, oh, I, I like how, you know, when he did this at this point in the song, there was like an energy shift or something like that. So I'm like, it's more like fine tuning, I guess, uh, with that. Um, you know, it's always, there's always like more ways that I could be like creative during my sets too, like musically, but that's always an ongoing process. I never stopped that. I think MCing was the biggest thing for me in the last three years. Do you have, do you have like a song or a genre of music that like when you're getting ready for a show that you're listening to that kind of gets you to that place or kind of gets you into that lock-in mode? Like, or oh, man. just kind of like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is hilarious. So even when I was an athlete, I would listen to really sad music before a game. Like I'm talking like I have no shame in admitting this. Like I'll listen to like I'm like a bird by Nelly Furtado. Like <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know. So I was yeah. like, all right, like because you know, sometimes I felt like I would get like it over like stimulated, over hyped up, and that's like not what I need in the moment. I need to like you know, I need to be a little bit more zen, and that's how I operate best. You know, and it's interesting too. I think um, being a coach, so I did I did coach soccer for three years at Malden Catholic. Um, after I graduated uh, Springfield and you know it's it's super important to know what type of uh, athlete uh, each one of your athletes is I feel like you you can't coach kids the exact same way I think you know you need to know like you can push one kid a little bit harder than you push another one um, or like what type how how you deliver information to certain athletes on your team 
Um, I think that's a big element of it. You know, I think some people respond better than others to certain ways. So I think that also ties in with like the music aspect too, because it's like, you know, if someone's like getting like too hyped up before a game, then they have those pregame jitters. So it's all about like not only knowing uh, your athletes, but like knowing yourself as well. Like what type of athlete am I? How do I, how do I get myself in the mental state to perform at the best of my abilities? So yeah, definitely trial, trial and error on that, but you, you figure out over time. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. I think it's important. Mindset's so important. A lot of what people do, I think, obviously in sports, but in what you do too. I like, I've been saying all along, even at the beginning of this, that like music and sports has connected mm. so well with one another um, that I think it's a topic that goes such hand in hand. I mean, as a coach, I was playing music so much at practice at times because it did bring focus. It did lock yeah. things in uh, at dead areas of practice that you know you're going to lose focus, like maybe special teams or maybe when you're doing inside drill. And it's just like you know that you're going to get the kids even on the sideline kind of like, if nothing else, at least a little focus bobbing their heads and kind right. of you know, doing their thing. Um, yeah, it's important. Yeah, and you and I, obviously, we talked a lot about – uh, maybe a little bit of a collaboration that we're doing. We, we, you know, we saw each other at Boston PT and wellness in Arlington mm-hmm. uh, and you knew I was coming in and Danielle and um, you know, Joe Nardella came in and we did a little thing with him uh, from, from lacrosse. And so you and I chat and I said, Hey, I got this idea. I wanted to run by you and talked about you, but we kind of what we've been connecting all along here, but really music is such an interesting thing because I know as a coach, when I, like would put kids in charge of music. There was always just a fear of like, Oh my God, someone's going to drop an F bomb. Someone's going to say something inappropriate. And then I'm it's coming down on me, like, which is, it's happened a few times. Right. And so I'm like, I didn't know they playing that. I didn't know they were playing that. Like, so you now as a coach on top of the other 400 (laughs) things that you're trying to do during pregame, you are now like looking at the playlist and checking the playlist and making sure that nothing's explicit and everything's clean version. And like, and it's just like, uh, it's mind numbing. And I know so many coaches say the same thing. Music yeah. plays today's crap. It, it swears. There's this, there's that. You can't put half of it on there because parents will lose their minds. Right. And you and I kind of talked about like making a, or collabing on a, a cool playlist that any school could safely play that has current music that everyone listens to and genres that people listen to. And you just kind of going to work and doing your thing, dude. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I yeah. thought that was really cool of you to be like, yeah, bro. Like I see this vision. Like let's. Absolutely. I, I love it. I love uh, everything about it. Like I said, I, you know, I, when I started DJing, one of the biggest things I was doing was making those pregame mixes. So for me, this is like a super passion project um, in something that I wish that I had when I was still in us uh, high school playing at MC. So um, yeah, to, to give um, give your athletes and you know all all these other high school athletes the ability to hear you know the music that they want to hear that's going to get them locked in in the zone and fired up for a game uh, priceless for me you know and it's going to be delivered at a super super high level um, it's going to flow nicely and you know like I said like I'm a big uh, creates create creating moments kind of guy. So uh, to create moments like in the pregame to to get the team fired up is what I'm really striving to do with this mix. Yeah, and we're excited because we've kind of talked to like our high school connections with, you know, fall sports, but particularly more the winter sports because, um, you know, any gym or any hockey rink alone, 
um the music is played at just even a better level because it's all obviously the sound stays in and so on yeah um so it was really cool just to kind of like talk to you about that and how just like instant you were with not only talking about it but really getting started on it um so obviously we're you know method guys like you know obviously like collabing uh, with anyone method base or method connection that that we can do something kind of cool but to me i yeah. think this is like you know we our podcast covers high school sports in a lot of different ways when people mm-hmm. say to me they're like oh you know you do a podcast and they see the videography stuff there's like people who are like better than us in that sense in that area for sure like i'm sure like different djs that you follow will go check out like you have a sense of like all right this person's better than me at doing this this is kind of maybe part of the reason why i'm here is to see like what i could pick up from them and and i I, we look at that when we look at other people that do the videography stuff but i think when we look at beyond we look at it kind of exactly that like beyond Mm. just that normal coverage like for us like wednesday we're going to have on like Shawshank tech football coach with two or three of their players. And then we're covering them Friday night. So it's like, we bring access and highlights to their athletes. We also have some of their athletes become our beyond athletes that we highlight throughout the year. They play different sports. They send us clips. Like we tag different schools. Like, so there's a lot that we do to promote high school sports in a much cool, different way. Like not by necessarily just catching that perfect clip or doing that certain thing that you catch at the right time, the right moment, which is nice when you do that. But like, yeah, of course, for the most part, we try to bring like an experience and a package. And, you know, we had different places we work with like gyms and like Cheney's and Boston mm-hmm. and like four pizza and Method, like, you know, places that we can help promote and vice versa to help promote because our audience are all the same. Like gyms and us are like, perfect match like so many young kids that go in there that play sports and like know our stuff and like they know gyms and we know gyms and they see our instagrams that we do stuff together so it's just like yeah it just kind of makes sense to be able to do that stuff and um and and grow that way so i mean obviously for you you're kind of doing that in the same realm like you're like you mentioned you're going to see people you're looking how to grow yourself where do you see yourself over the next few years like where do you see dj cammy v being like is there a certain point that you see yourself or you kind of like your place lecture or when you get on and do your thing are you kind of just seeing where it takes you a little bit yeah you know um i guess over the next few years i you know i i guess i'll, I'll say this i'm a i'm a big put my head down and uh work as hard as i can kind of guy um you know and eventually like when you look up you know you're you're out looking to a you have a room of a thousand people in front of you type deal. So it's got me this far and um, you know, I'm looking forward to the future to, to seeing where that ends up. I guess, ideally I would like to be continuing to do bigger and bigger shows. Um, I think, like I said, right now, one of the biggest shows I did was 2000 people. So continuing to do bigger shows like that, continuing to work with artists, but you know, I guess from, from the DJing perspective, right. I feel like I can't, I can't physically DJ forever. I don't want to be the guy that's in the club at 50 years old like still busting my back to still like you know spin spin music in the club like that's just gonna look crazy so i guess the biggest thing i'm looking at this from like a holistic uh approach and you know long term wise you know so i think um realistically i put myself in situations where i'm more in like management well as well um like i said i'm a booking director at game on um, I'm opening a branch for the wedding company uh, that I work for, Meritage, out in Philly. 
Um, I started my own business. Uh, I, I like my own event. I it's called Curated. I don't know if you've seen it on my Instagram, but um, it's basically it's it's a monthly event, and we have our own camera crew come out to you know our events uh, and basically record the whole thing. It's super high level, open format DJing, no requests. So it's like a super like unique party. So it's like I have a lot of irons in the fire. Um, I think ultimately like DJing is a vehicle um, that I can use to, you know, provide for myself and my future family. Um, and I obviously have a deep, deep passion for it, which, you know, yeah, anything. And, <laughs> yeah, right. So it's, you know, it's I, I have a super, super uh, high passion for it. And, um, you know, obviously, like if I didn't, then I wouldn't be doing it. But I think like DJing combined with like, you know, things that are revolved around DJing um, is something that, you know, I can see myself doing for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. I, that, hopefully that answers I mean, the question. No, it's, a, it's a tremendous answer. I mean, you said like, yeah, you can tell there's just so much passion. You're like, yeah, it's, it could be management. It could be higher up music. It could be booking events. Like for you, you're just like, I just know I want to be in this industry right now. Mm -hmm. At what level, who knows? You, you, there's probably a lot of different ways you're looking at it as well as far as right. like, these are all legitimate. And sometimes these things just like fall to you, like keep just keep going and keep working at it, dude, because like I'm noticing you pop up in my feed more and more all the time because I legitimately watch your stuff or like your stuff or take a peek at your stories. And so I think that you do a great job of like really attracting people on your page and not just necessarily like with beyond i try not to always just have it be sports stuff because if you're not into sports you then you don't care about anything on my page so right know, right i really try to show me a lot like me being dad or just like me being out like i went to a wedding and you know there's, there's a ton of videos but i'm only gonna post certain ones that are like <laughs> that are just like yeah i don't need to embarrass anybody you know so it's like but yeah then obviously the music aspect of like putting music on my story and wanting people to watch more and more when you go on social media, like people's social media, do you notice that stuff? When sometimes people use a song, you're like, Oh my God, that song's terrible. Or sometimes you hear a song, you're like, Oh, I never heard that song before. What song is that? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I get a lot of people that reach out to me for bookings and stuff like that. So you know, it's funny The your Instagram page is almost like your, your social resume today. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I do is usually go check out like the person's Instagram. I don't really care about like the followers or anything like that. That's not what I'm into. I'm into the content. Yeah. So like, I'll go and see if they have any like quick mixes or like cool transitions or anything like that. Like what, you know, what do you have any videos from you at your gigs? Um, do you have any pictures, you know, stuff, stuff of that nature. And then it's like, okay, like, you know, if do you got, can you send me a mix? Like the biggest thing for me is like, can you rock or not? Like all the other stuff is gravy, right? It, can you, can you rock a party or not? Because I'm booking guys that are in it for the right reasons and do an excellent job that the staff love. Like I'm trying to make the business money and I'm trying to help my friends make money who are good at what they do. So it's like, if you can't provide me like a mix or if like you, if it sounds like a train wreck, like, I'm sorry, like, I can't in good conscience, like book you for this gig. So the biggest thing for me is like, yes, like the Inst Instagram is all cool. Like everyone wants to look cool on Instagram, mm -hmm. but 
at the end of the day, can you can you actually rock a room full of people in front of you, or you, or is it just going to be a disaster? And I get a call from management like, "Why the hell did you book this kid?" You know. Yeah, and that must be the challenge for you, dude. That's that's got to be the challenge for you, especially like, yeah, pleasing people consistently all the time is just not easy, dude. So 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 God bless you in that sense. I know. Yeah, it's like I. <laughs> Don't don't try to make me out to be the bad guy, you know, like and I'm always constructive about my feedback and it's never it's never personal. Like if you ask me, you know, like, oh, like, why not? I'll be like, hey, you know, if you did like X, Y, Z worked on this, whatever. And like I'll provide them an opportunity to be like, hey, you know, if you want to work on this with me, definitely let me know, you know, but I can't book you unless like you improve on X, Y, Z. Like I'm always like, I'll give you the feedback if you're asking for it. So it's never it's never like, no, goodbye. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously you go, uh, different shows, different parts of Boston. I mean, I know you follow our rock, paper, scissors, our morning show stuff a little bit. You mentioned. <laughs> we do have security. I mean, I do have a security guard bodyguard is pretty legitimate. Um, but, but in all seriousness, um, I know you're a big fan of that stuff. You've kind of messaged me before. Uh, yeah. I, I love getting guests to talk about this because, People think I'm crazy that I think this is so funny and how quickly it's caught. And I'm like, I wish you could see my social media feed or how many people DM me and the things they say and how funny it is. And like, because it just, people just think I'm like, oh, you're just too connected to it. But it is pretty legitimate. I've had so yeah. many people ask me about it. And you and I have talked about it. You've made plenty Dude, of comments about it. All the time, man. And I, I, Anthony, I can be honest with you. I love your platform. I love everything that you stand for. I think, you know, just shining a light. This is just like a super untapped thing. And I wish I was back in high school and got to like, you know, relive those days with this platform around. Cause I think what you're doing is so cool. And I, I really love to see it grow, man. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's, it's, it's been fun. And I think that's it. Like, you know, I've gone asked by people and sometimes probably like when I ask you, but like, what do you want to do with this? Where do you see this in a couple of years or whatever? Mm. I don't really know, you know, because we are tapping into a lot of different things and we are getting involved now in more of the highlight tape rail stuff and um, people booking us more individually to follow their child. So like we're kind of tapping into different things that we haven't before, or the fact that we book a lot of these schools and, you know, they want their kids on the podcast because they want to like showcase kids that they have going to D3, D2, D1, or how well a team's doing or how consistent maybe a coach has been over their career and how many mm -hmm. rooms they might have. And, you know, before it was like me kind of digging and trying to find it now. And I'm sure, I'm sure for you, it's somewhat the same. Like sometimes you have to turn stuff down because we're just like, yeah. I don't have time to do it. And I've already kind of really solidly booked. And sometimes I'm a victim to just me and one other person, you know? So obviously we're trying to grow and be able to get interns and high school kids that are interested, but that must happen for you a lot too. Like, and that's a good problem, I guess to have, but Right. Weddings, let's say, for example, how far booked are you for a wedding like now? I, uh, I'm i officially, I closed the books for 2024 and I'm already, I think I have like four or five weddings in 2025. So how many are you banging out in a year? Um, Upwards of 20. I, I try to, I try to like cap myself because obviously like, you know, I'm pretty active in the nightlife scene and, you know, that's, that's the conversation I have with the owner. Shout out to, to James Donato. He's, he's the absolute man. Wouldn't want to be doing this with anybody else. Um, you know, he's a great guy and really understands like what position I'm in right now. So it's like, yes, I'm, I'm still on the younger side. Like I'm still under 30, you know, so I'm still pretty active in uh, the nightlife scene. So I'm helping, you know, build my brand, you know, in the nightlife scene, but it's also helping like build the brand for the wedding company as well. 
um, you know, because people see me like out in nightlife, be like, oh, hey, yeah. I would love for you to do my wedding. Six you know, months so, of you. So, yeah, six months of you and then six months of uh, well, a year of also on top of that six months of you putting yourself there in the nightlife scene in Boston and making a big name for yourself. They, they should take you for those 20 weeks, those five or six months, because you spotlight like legitimacy of who they have as someone who's, you know, is big and works with big people and works with this company. So, yeah, I think that's like an even I would if I had a coach. Yeah. That they coached at Bama and was on my squad and you do certain <laughs> things for a certain amount of time. Like, cool guy who coached. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a win-win then. And like I said, there's no other company I'd rather be working for than the Meritage, uh, you know, super understanding and super flexible when it comes to like, uh, you know, just helping me like build my schedule and understanding what I'm trying to get out of it. Again, it's it's a win win. You know, at the end of the day, all we care about is giving these couples like the best day of the lot of their lives, and uh, we successfully do that. What's what's harder to put together? Like when you are feeling a room, is it harder to feel a wedding room, or is it harder to feel like playing at like a two thousand person venue? Mm. I think you know it's interesting. Uh, this is the a debate we've had on our own podcast for a while. Okay. I think cool. I think I think personally I think personally the DJing is harder for a club because like it's just like there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's right. there's a lot going on you're moving fast through music but a lot of people will say oh no DJing weddings are so much harder you have grandparents you have you have uh parents you have that weird uncle you have like kids our age and then you have even sometimes their kids so it's like, but for me, it's really, it's really not that in knock on wood because weddings are very humbling, but it's really not that difficult. You know what I mean? Like, I think I've been doing this a while. I know what's going to work at certain points. And, you know, it's like, uh, like I said, it's like a comedian, right? Like I'm, I'm setting myself up. There's certain records I play earlier in the night to set myself up for that punchline later on in the night. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like, oh, I'm getting a good reaction in the first you know, 20 minutes off, like, you know, if I'm playing some like disco records and everybody in the room is really enjoying it, I'm going to circle back to that later on, but let me get through what I have to get through first, you know, just to see like, all right, what are the parameters of this room? What direction? Okay. I can't go, I can go this far, but I can't go that far. So it's like, it's all, it's all a mental game that I'm constantly analyzing throughout the night with weddings. That's awesome, man. I mean, and yeah, like, you know, in coaching for me, there are certain aspects of coaching that I was like, oh, other coaches like, oh, this, this is tough. I'm like, no, I love this stuff. Like I, I'll take care of all this. I'll break down the numbers. And like, I like this stuff. Like it helps yep. me grasp whatever. So I'm sure there are certain things of, of, of your job that are grueling a little bit too, knowing that you got to do it, but yeah. kind of maybe separate you from maybe those. And this kind of leads me into my last point. Like, mm-hmm. So many people I know in high school, when I was in high school, like, oh, I DJ and they have speakers and they have like a turntable, you know, the basic whatever, like, oh, I know this person who DJs and this person DJs. There's that. And then there's like a DJ, like getting to that next step, right? Playing at a bar scene or playing at a nightclub scene or playing at a big venue, like getting to those levels. What's your advice to like young kids, maybe high school, middle middle school age kids that like are into like music, into like DJing, mixing songs? I mean, what would be advice to those kids 
then pursuing that and not just being that basement DJ or, Hey, come play at the VFW for my friends, like whatever, like they want to get to that next level. Yeah. Um, I get this question a lot. I think part of it is like having, you know, if you have a really good musical knowledge um, and a, and a passion for, for music period, that's half the battle. The other half of the battle um, is, you know, the technical side of it. And I've been super, super fortunate uh, throughout my career that I've had some amazing mentors along the way um, at, at, at literally at every level um, that, you know, have taught me like, whether it be technical skills, like situational skills, emceeing, uh, you know, how to rock a crowd, you know, there's, and it's funny because, um, and a lot of them are still like very, very relevant in the Boston nightlife scene. So if you, it's, it's interesting to see, like, if you go see a lot of my mentors play, you can hear like parts of them, like through my set and like their influence in my set. So Anthony, I guess all that to say is, you know, try to find, you know, a mentor in the DJ game. Cause I know a lot of people will go and they'll pay for like the classes, which is like good and fine. But like, unless like you're not willing to go and put the effort in and like work with somebody physically and like ask them questions and, you know, and honestly, like you, you need to show up, like you need to go and support some of these guys first to even get your foot in the door to like have an opening opportunity for these DJs. So I'd say, you know, find somebody that's a mentor um, and to even like have a conversation with the mentor, you should probably come correct too. I'd say like make a mix if you can, uh, you know, have a list of places that you've played, you know, what events you do, what like have a spiel. You have to have an elevator pitch and you have to come correct to present it to somebody for them. It's like, Hey, if someone uh, pitches something to me, uh, it's be like, Hey, you know, I want to, I would love to come open for you. This is my style. Here's where I've played. Here's a couple mixes. I'm going to take that person a million times more serious because I know they care. All I want to do is work with people that care about it. So I, so pull everything together, you know, and, and try to find somebody that's already tapped in, in the market and be willing to uh, open for them and work with them and learn as much as you can, because it could really take you anywhere. No. And it's great to hear that advice because I feel like, you know, just having so many different guests on, this is why sometimes I love having people just outside the different world of sports a little bit is that it's always that same message. Like find someone who's like a mentor, work with them, show up, be there, like do the grind. Like that's just such a general message in, in like life in general. And mm-hmm. I always try to send that message in sports, like yeah. being a part of a team and listening to a coach who's like a boss you have in the workforce yeah. and not always agreeing with the people that you work with or getting along with the people that you work with, but you got to put the product out there. That is the most important thing, the company you work for, the team you play for. Like there are so many parallels. And so, you know, I, I, ask that question a lot with guests that come on because there's never an answer that is the same but not the same in the sense that like it's word for word the same there's no answer that's yeah like word for word not the same but it's always the same message it's always like work hard do the little extra things listen like be a sponge like all of like everyone says those little things that all mean the same exact thing so it's cool just to kind of hear in your industry is probably how you've grown the most. That That's it, man. You know, and it's just like any other industry. It is a full-time job. I do this full-time. I take this super, super serious. So, you know, it's some people obviously are in it for the wrong reasons, whether it's, you know, like, oh, I get free drinks or I get to meet girls at the bar. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I don't have time to work with people like that. I've, I, I only have time 
with the people, the like-minded people that, you know, just love it, that want to do it because they love it and want to be great at it and, you know, put out a product that, you know, the people that attend those venues are going to love and management's going to love because they're making money. So there's a lot of like other elements at play, but yeah, at the end of the day, man, it's really like just any other job. I know it's crazy. It's like, you know, you wouldn't think so, but it, it, there needs I do want, I just want to communicate that there, there is a level of professionalism with, with DJing. No, it's great to hear. And I can tell, like, you obviously take this extremely serious. This is your passion. And like I said, we follow that stuff on here with passion. And to me, music, like I take music so seriously when I make reels or I put things on my story, because to me, you know, any good song, like I, like you don't probably ever listen to the radio. And unfortunately, like I don't have like a uh, serious radio in my car. So like, <laughs> I get stuck listening to music. And sometimes I hear a song that I was listening to on serious radio. And like four months later, it comes out on like 96, nine or kiss one away. And you're like, yeah, ruined. Right. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, obviously keeping up with that aspect of being on the East coast, I'm sure is even a little bit more difficult because music does come out here a lot later, I'm sure. Or, I mean, obviously with all the different types of Spotify or anything else, you aren't necessarily worrying about that, but, um, you growing in, in what you do, do you feel as though, like, could I, I'm trying to think how to ask this question without just like making it sound like, but do you feel like at this point, like you, what's like the highest level you would want to play at, right? Like if you had a look at a venue right now that you could just like rock it, like you had the opportunity to go out there, kill it right now. What's the venue for you? Man, I don't know. I think, um, because to be honest, I think at this point, right now where I'm at, I am doing like the biggest venues possible in the city. Yeah. Um, so I guess to continue to be in those rooms more consistently is what I what I would love to do. Um, I think touring is something that you know I would I would enjoy to do. But again, that's I don't want to be on tour for like months at a time. Like yeah. you know, I I have I have family, I have a social life, I have a girlfriend. Like that's just, it's just not going to, it's not in the cards for me, nor, but, but again, if I can like do like a travel gig here and there, like I, again, I, I had last month, I went to Texas A&M, one of the best gigs I've ever done in my life. Probably the highlight of my DJing career it was awesome. Very cool experience. Um, so continuing to do like bigger shows like that, I guess like the, the next step after that would be like a stadium. Um, so in more often than not, it would be like, if I was opening for an artist, so I've been like, you know, I, I've been like loosely talking to a couple artists and stuff like that. And, you know, they express interest in me having to like open for them for a show. So, you know, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know where ever, like, right, where I'll end up. It's like great that, listening so. to that though. Cause it's just like, yeah. you don't know. It's not like you don't know because you just like, don't know. You don't know because there's like, I get this door kind of open, this door kind of open, that door kind of open. And that's like, right a cool feeling because yeah. you having options and anything is great. You know, it's yeah. just sure it's the right option that works for you that, um, and you mentioned like different, like, you know, different people that do it, like mentors, so on, who are people that you can either mention a mentor or who's somebody yeah. you listen to in the game now that you like really follow that has a huge following that you're like, yeah, I emulate somewhat this type of music. 
Yeah, for sure. So um, I, I'll go through and just list my mentors. Um, so DJ Toomey was the first one that gave me my uh, Boston opportunity. So, and I'm super, one of my best friends, super, super close with him. So forever grateful. Um, DJ Snacks, who I do the podcast with, he's the one that gave me my first club opportunity. Um, and me and him are like super like-minded people, super like-minded, like DJing styles and creativity wise. Like we're very much on the same wavelength. Uh, Dan Campbell, who probably one of my technical, like biggest mentors, just like overview of the industry technical skills like taught me everything like scratching which is like a big part of my sets and also now my business partner <laughs> so we, uh, we open up carry carry it yeah so you know it's interesting my mentors are the people that i i work very close with even today so i, I think those three guys are you know and, and like obviously amongst others like fingers who i do the podcast with and dj stamps there's a lot of guys that have given me a lot of opportunities and advice over the years that like you know they didn't have to do that, you know? And yeah. I think I, I'm like super appreciative that they did because now like I'm at, I'm in the, I'm in the position to be giving advice to other people. And I, I, I definitely believe in paying it forward. And that's nice in that sense. Right. Because the one thing that I'm sure like you do, like, because your mentors have the same passion that you do about what you're doing. Right. Like, yeah. So they help you just grow that passion even more. Like when I looked at coaching, I used to explain to people, like, after coaching a game on a Friday night, there was nobody more I wanted to spend time with than was the staff after yeah. the game, getting apps and having drinks and talking about the game either way. Because you had a bunch of different guys that were all different ages that ranged from guys in their 50s to their 40s to their 30s to their 20s. But everybody had the same passion and wanted to be a part of something special and it didn't matter our ages. We all got along. We texted with each other like throughout the week. When football season died out, you know, the group text might have died out a little bit here and there. But um, you know, but for the most part, you're around people that will like share that passion. So it's not surprising that you're in business with them or working with them because <laughs> yeah. who else would you be as the people that kind of maybe feel the same way about what you do and, and how you do it? Right. And at the end of the day, they're, they're all great people. Like I want to work with great people. If you're a great dude or a great girl, like I, I want to work with you. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, if it, like you could be the most talented person in the world, but if like, you're, you're not like a, a good person at heart, like I, you know, I just can't, <laughs> I can't bring myself to working with you. So. And so you, I mean, just hearing you talk when I asked that question before, so you just, you kind of want to be the biggest guy in Boston. Is that, is that fair to say? Like you want to be the guy around here? Yeah, you know, and I think everybody should have that goal ultimately, right? I mean, again, everyone has their own agenda and everything, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, like, you Who know, if you be? aren't, right. yeah, you, you want to try to be the best at whatever you do. And I think, you know, I want to be, uh, I guess one of my biggest goals um, is to at least get nominated for Boston DJ of the Year, which is uh, Boston Music Awards. They do an award show every year, and it's like, it's all local, local artists, all Boston-based. Um, so you have like artists, bands, um, you name it, you know, it's top to bottom, anything music or producers, anything music related in Boston, uh, they put on an award show once a year. Um, and, uh, they, one of the things they do is like Boston DJ of the year. So that's, I'm not going to lie. That's, that's probably like my biggest goal is to one, get nominated and they have like a, a, a board, you know, that sits down and comes up with a list of people that, you, you know, you can vote for to win the award. So. I think, you know, the biggest thing is if the board, you know, recognizes that, um, 
you know, I, I guess I belong in that group. I think, you know, having that acceptance from my, from my peers um, probably would mean the most to me. I, I wouldn't really care if I won or not. I mean, obviously I would, would a little bit, but right, yeah. yeah, but like, yeah, but yeah. like having, having that acknowledgement from my peers that like I'm, you know, in that circle would mean more to me than actually winning that physical award. No, I mean, it's cool, dude. And I think at the end of the day, we, we all don't do the things that we're passionate about because I mean, yeah, it's nice to get rewarded or get, you know, compensation for it in some way, but yeah, at the time we're just kind of looking for the acknowledgement of like something we did with it to, to be complimented more than we're right. with the compensation aspect of it. Right. Because- it, ex- exactly. And it's like, even like sport, high school sports seasons, how many teams win the championship at the end of the year? Right. One. So it's like, did every, did every other, was every other team a failure? Right. No, no, exactly. You all accomplished something. You all have something to be proud of. Um, And the fact that you like work together as a team um, for, to, to achieve a mutual goal, like that is a massive accomplishment. So yeah, that's, that's how I look at it. You know, and I think years of sports have have taught me that. Yeah. And it's cool. Like I said, and, and like I've been saying all along, I just think music and sports tie in so well together nowadays, especially with social media and whether it's Twitter for sports or Instagram mm. and I follow max preps, like everything. And sometimes just the music they throw on something or just the natural sound that they catch with something. But um, yeah, I always tell people, I'm like, just have your phone out and just like, let it run sometimes. Cause you just like, like I was at a wedding last night and we're getting on the, the shuttle bus. And, you know, I knew maybe like five or six people on the shuttle bus, but that was about it. And <laughs> all of a sudden my friend's girlfriend just starts pelting out with Houston. And I just happened to put my phone on just for something completely different <laughs> and silly. And I caught that. And I was just like, Oh my God. And that's what I noticed like in our sports coverage, like it's sometimes not the fancy smancy camera that like can zoom in and mm. catch the sweat trickling off your face. Sometimes it's like being on the sideline and you know, it's third and seven, they're throwing the ball and this is their best receiver. So I'm just going to have this phone follow this kid. And all of a sudden it's a ball right to your sideline. The kid makes a great catch, great hit out of bounds. And there's your soundbite that you're throwing on Instagram, tagging the kid on social media. He's sharing on his story. Yeah. 10 followers because every kid now is like, Oh crap! What's this? I want to get on this podcast. I want to show my stuff off. Like, so it, it's yeah, dude. It's just I, I hear your passion, and I'm just like babbling on about like. No, what? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think it, it definitely all ties in, even in like nightlife too, right? Like, a lot of like the Boston athletes have like come out to like gigs that I've done, yeah. um, which is like pretty pretty wild. Like, I'm not gonna lie that that's still that still is like pretty wild to see like. I, I've done like some gigs in the past where like a bunch of the Bruins players came out, like Corrali when he was still around here. Yeah, yeah. not came out. Do you remember uh, Ryan Spooner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he actually used to DJ too, and I, I did a couple of gigs with him. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, and even like the, all the Celtics guys, like Kemba when he was around, Marcus Smart when he was around. Uh, my buddy Snacks and I DJ Jason Tatum's birthday at the club. Dude, so that, that was, was a big thing. Yeah, I remember. We yeah, for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, all I mean, those guys, and again, like tying back into it, like all those guys, like love music, like they're they're bumping music, like in the locker room before a game, and yeah. like for them, like to to go and celebrate like a special occasion, they're they're obviously going out and having a good time at the club and listening to music. So, yeah, music music can really like take people places. Yeah, man. And this is why I wanted to have you on like 
you know, I sometimes stalk people on social media a little bit. I'm not saying that's what I did. I mean, me kind of sort of like, but like, <laughs> but you, yeah, like I, there's nothing cooler than like, this is hard for me. Like I have twins, um, you know, this isn't my only job. Like I, you know, yeah. I, teach, I run summer camps in the summer. Um, you know, this, I work and I, like, there's a lot that I do. So it's hard to like, really put work into this so when i put work into it it's like i went away and had a great weekend away with friends but i don't really get to see mm. my friends often because it's really just like family work and then this is like the hustle whenever i can like do it you know so it's not always easy to to have the time to do stuff to grow this to, to get better at it but it's a passion and that's like what i see with you on your social media like there is just a clear passion just you talking about it there's a clear passion so anybody who's doing something even if it connects to my world a little bit it's worth having on here to get people to talk about that stuff because it's nice when people want to listen to the things that you like really want to talk about you know so yeah man absolutely um, yeah it's been great having you on here and um, you know, yeah, dude, we'd love to promote you anyway. Any shows you have coming, always feel free to tag us in your story or whatever, and we'll share it on ours as well, like automatically. And uh, yeah, we we're obviously gonna be collabing with the music. We'll be in touch with all that. But um, you know, you you got a bright future, man. I can definitely see you just like growing in this industry and just watching who you're meeting and your social media has been fun to to kind of follow along with you. So you've been doing a great job and. I'm glad we were able to make this time work. I know you're super busy with a zillion things coming up like real soon. Yeah, man, dude. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Really means the world and really appreciate it. Um, guys, you can find me on Instagram at Cami underscore V. There's three M's in Cami. Um, you could also follow me uh, at, but I know the DJ. That's the podcast that I run. The event I run is at curated period live. And then also I would be remiss if I didn't give them a shout out because this is how we made the connection. Shout out Boston Physical Therapy and Wellness. You can also catch me there on Mondays and Wednesday nights. <laughs> I'm, uh, I do physical therapy uh, part-time now as well. Shout out, shout out to Dave. Um, one of the best bosses you could ever ask for in a guy. Shout out Danielle. Um, so definitely I'm at the Arlington Clinic. So guys, if you, uh, especially our athletes, you know, if, if you ever need like a good PT, come on down to Boston Physical Therapy and Wellness. Um, but yeah, Anthony, thank you so much, man, for having me on. Yeah, of course. So yeah, it was great when they opened up the Allenton location. I really helped Dave get in touch where I coach Allenton Catholic to like, and I hyped him up like good, you know I mean? Dave's, a, he's, his product speaks for itself. So it's like, yeah, help, but it's always nice to feel like you can help someone who helps a lot of people, you know, to say that you're absolutely in some way. So I didn't realize that about you. Okay. That, that all makes sense while you're there. I didn't realize you were part-time there. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was full-time and then, uh, yeah, I, I ended up like having to drop back down a little bit just because of the, the DJ and, but well, yeah. So your I'm, schedule is like, just you, like if your schedule was identified like in a color scheme, it would be insane. It would be insane. I wish I could show you my, my schedule on my uh, Google calendar. It's actually hilarious. Let me see. Uh, I don't know. Come on. Uh, oh, back it up right there. Right there. <laughs> oh dude, my God, dude. Yeah. It's yeah, anxiety. It's, well, yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> That's yeah, it, but it's you're, good. You, you know, it keeps me going. keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> Dude, good for you man good for you that's a hustle right there I, and like i said i didn't even realize you worked at boston pt so that's just another branch of like 
what you do to hustle would be great. And, th- and that's like, honestly, man, that's even better of having you on here because that just shows like you're doing something you're passionate about when you have majority of your other free time to do it on top of everything else that you're doing as well. So I've been, I've been super lucky that everything that I've done is something that I'm like very, very passionate about. You know, I feel like a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do what they love in life. And, you know, I have, I'm feeling, I'm feeding both of my passions still with the the PT and the DJ. And so uh, things are great, man. Yeah, man. Well, listen, we're glad to have you on here. And uh, like I said, guys, we have a crazy busy, like rest of the month coming up. We're going to be at Shawshank Tech this Friday night against Stoneham, two Super Bowl teams from last year kind of going against each other. So uh, it should be packed there. And then we close out the month in the show with Tech, uh, their last home game in September. So, you know, they always put on a show and come out to the Irish music and uh, come walking down with the flags and the bagpipes. They don't mess around. So uh, we're super excited about covering these two teams, really all these teams, uh, that are playing in October, we're, we're extremely booked, but we'll go over that schedule when we get closer to that. So, uh, again, Cammy, thanks for coming on. DJ Cammy V, guys, he gave you his Instagram stuff, all his way to get in touch with him, and he's been killing it in the Boston music scene. So, we're very lucky to get him on here. I'm your host, Anthony Patrells, guys. Till next time. <laughs>